Hello and welcome to Tops 10, brought to you by KTXT Radio and the College of Media and Communication at Texas Tech University in beautiful Lubbock. Tops 10 seeks out successful and influential people in politics and government, the many professions, the physical and social sciences, or the arts and humanities, and asks them to reveal their lives, ideas, and ideals through their playlist. Our format is simple. We ask our guests what pieces of music mean the most to them and to tell us the story behind the infatuation. Mr. Derek Ginter is our producer-engineer. I'm David Promoter, professor at and dean of the college and the originator of Tops 10. Today I have with me His Honor... And do you like to be called His Honor by your family, too, or just, you know, just people? <laughs> I wish they were so respectful, but uh, I answer to a lot of things. <laughs> his Honor, Dan Pope, was elected to serve as mayor of Lubbock on May 7, 2016. Dan founded Benchmark Business Solutions in 1994 and grew his business enterprise to the most successful Xerox agent dealer in the country, creating over 70 jobs in Lubbock. Dan currently serves as chief development officer of Covenant Health System. Mayor Pope has been an active member of the Lubbock community for more than 20 years, and Dan, you are an eighth generation Texan as well as an Eagle Scout. There's a lot to talk about there. Yes, sir. Now, eighth generation Texan. So you, 1820s. Right. We came, uh, we we're part of the old 300, came with Stephen F. Austin. Where did they come from? Your family? Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, yeah Missouri, and as, as did Stephen F. Austin. And uh, Jesse Burnham was the uh, was my forefather. That uh, he's, he, uh, uh, his two of his sons uh, fought at San Jacinto. And uh, he, he and Sam Houston had a sort of a long-running uh, feud. He he operated a uh, ferry on the on the Colorado River, and uh, in uh, when they were retreating from Santa Ana, at some small skirmish during the Independence War, they uh, uh, General Houston had the uh, the ferry burned. Um, so the, so the, you have know. you gotten reimbursed for that yet? Or well, he he, was, still he worked for years on uh, reparations for that. That, that. I think that was the sort of the source of their argument. I, I don't really. I, that point i can't tell finish the story very well my father very could he's much more into it than i am but yeah it's uh we've been here a long time i just imagine sam houston was not the kind of guy you wanted to get in an argument with as no, I, I recall think, yeah. yeah probably uphill battle although they were all pretty tough men and women back back yeah. then the first 300 that's that's yeah. that's an incredible story you're mayor and we've talked about this because i teach political communication and mayors are the people who actually have to answer <laughs> Yeah. To people for something. I mean, a president, a senator, a congressman can always say, well, you know, there's, there was a bad grain harvest in Bulgaria, and that affected the larger socioeconomic indicators, and that's why you lost your job. But as mayor, somebody says, my street has not been cleaned in six months, mayor. What are you going to do about it? And you actually have to answer, right? Yeah, you're on the front line. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, but it's okay. You know, it's interesting. Our citizens, um, so I've been doing this now for close to 120 days, and, and I've learned that uh, for every complaint, there's probably 10 or 12 people that have something positive to say or a bit, a bit of encouragement. You know, you've got, uh, with a city of our size, um, not only people but square mile we're, we're very spread out there's always a, a problem somewhere but i i had uh, 30 years of business experience to pr- prepare me for um you know it's the reality it's much like you with your with uh with faculty or even with with students there's always someone upset at least somebody yeah maybe maybe a handful of somebody's yeah. and that's the same way in business as much as you'd like to think every customer was happy you knew that there were some that weren't and at any one point and you were always trying to to remediate that you're always trying to work on that and I think it's the same thing with the city. Uh, you try to you try to respond quickly. You try to respond in a way that uh, that's going to make that citizen uh, happy. If if you certainly if you can, I mean, I, it's hard for me to get all the water off the uh, streets after we have a three inches in an hour. I can't do that. But uh, our systems, I think, have worked well, and so it's it's fun. I'm enjoying it.
What's been the, uh, I guess, the, the strangest request you've gotten yet? I mean, there must be some things that, you know, you think, gee, is, is this really my job as mayor to do that? There's, there's I think the most interesting. Lost cat complaints? Or, well, I think the most interesting was there's a, there's a citizen. I, I don't even know if he's a citizen. He's not, I don't know his name. I've just gotten emails. and, and uh, But he, he feels like um, um, I'm the key to getting a great Chinese restaurant in Lubbock. He, he thinks that um, we're missing a, what he described as a great Chinese restaurant and, and that the mayor can have some impact upon that well that's the city council's job don't you think i would think certainly yeah, maybe sure. or the city manager that's, or, that's, yes, or that's someone right. yes i've been in, in lubbock a total of three years right. and uh right. it lubbock we love lubbock my wife and i we right. love lubbock we're very happy here yeah. i've been many other places and this is the best place we've ever lived lubbock has its challenges and how it presents itself <laughs> yeah sometimes and, we're our worst enemy yeah. yeah and and we've talked about that uh a lot of people like myself who are sort of expatriates is that there's there's sort of a People are proud of Lubbock, but they don't talk up Lubbock as a matter of course. And in fact, sometimes you'll look at, I'll tell the story, there's somebody in city services, I won't out them, but basically when you turn in your license from another state, this person, I've talked to like five people, and no matter where you've come from, I mean, you could be handing in your license from Syria, and they would say, well, why would anybody leave beautiful Syria to come to Lubbock? I mean, there's, there's a certain downplaying of Lubbock. Where, where does that come from? I, you know, I don't know, and, and I think it's, um, it's something that I'm talking a lot about, trying to uh, um, remind people how great Lubbock is. I mean, I'm like you, I've lived other places, and, yeah. and I've dealt with traffic, and I've dealt with uh, high taxes, and I've dealt with streets that weren't as well maintained as, as ours are. I, I've dealt with um, uh, communities that were a lot larger that didn't have as many great, great things to do like we do. I think uh, uh, Lubbock is uh, it's really a jewel. And, and it, there's a sort of an old old saying that if you'll stay here long enough to wear out one pair of shoes, you'll never leave. And, it, and I really, really believe that. It's, it's, a, it's been a wonderful I, – I came here to go to school. My, my parents met at Tech in the 50s. I've got this real strong Tech bloodline. But I came here to go to school, then left for 10 years, and then married and brought my uh, very pregnant wife back here 22 years ago. And it's been a, you know, for us, it's just been a real blessing. We uh, we had a lot of success with business, but more importantly, it's a great place to raise kids, and uh, it's just a, it's a great community. It's a place that I'm proud to say I'm from, and that uh, it's my hometown. The first song that you listed for us is uh, the Eagles. I guess this is a song about a place, right? Is it, it, so it's sort of apropos to talk about Lubbock, the Eagles, the last resort. Now, what what does that song mean to you? Well, it's a. I'm an. I grew up with the Eagles, and I first saw them in 1979 in Austin uh, as a as a teenager. And uh, yeah, I like got a lot of Eagles songs. I really like. But it, you play the, the, this music a lot. For, we, we talk in the show a lot about. Obviously, I, I attend to interview people who are maybe in their 40s and 50s, and they talk about how their kids don't necessarily appreciate their great musical taste. Does, <laughs> does your family appreciate your musical taste? I, I think um, they do. They've, they've grown up with it, and it's not the music that they necessarily listen to but uh, they can they can pick out the they can pick out the eagles or or uh, bob seger or or jimmy buffett but the, the last resort to me is just that it's a it's one of it's a Don Henley ballad that um, talks about how as, as often as humans when we find some place that's really great we can't help but overpopulate or, or or mess it up and it's just it talks it talks about you know uh, America as we've moved as we've moved west and uh, I, I just I like the song I think it tells a great story. Shadows hang heavy in the air 
refugee Just as her father came across the sea next song is Stevie Ray Vaughan. So you're having a 70s and 80s ballad mix here, right? Yeah, a lot of te- a lot of Texas, a lot you'll notice a lot of Texas um, you know, uh, t- threads through this too. I mean, that's a Jimi Hendrix, uh, you know, famously a Jimi Hendrix song, but uh, by the time I really got to know it, it was through Stevie Ray Vaughan and who uh, played in Lubbock some in the Little late Wing. 70s. Yeah, Little Wing. Little yeah, who, played, who, who played in uh, played in Lubbock and some in the late 70s and early 80s. And uh, by the time I really got to know him was when I was in Austin after college. And uh, so it's a great song, features 
lots and lots of wonderful guitar. And and that's one of the other things about Lubbock is that we attract amazingly large musical acts. Actually, I was in a plane from Dallas last week, and there were four young men with long black hair, with black sunglasses, with guitars, mm-hmm. and they were sort of stuffed into the the, uh, the, the Southwest flight with me because it was a pretty full flight. Mm-hmm. And, and I was I was thinking, they're obviously a band, but I, I didn't know which one. Then it turned out that they were a metal band. I was thinking, yeah, we have uh, Paul McCartney, and we have whatever is a metal band of, of the hour, right? So yeah. we draw some pretty good acts here. We've got a fabulous music heritage, and uh, uh, whether you whether you started at uh, Bob Wills or Buddy Holly or or uh, uh, Joe Ely, we've got just a, a wonderful heritage. And uh, you know, this weekend we have uh, Amanda Shires here on Friday night at the Cactus, one of our very own, who's uh, really doing great things these days, and uh, she's coming back and doing a show. Which uh, love except fabulous music. I hope that something while I serve as mayor that we can uh, have a chance to even more uh, embrace that. You know, we we were early. I don't know if you've heard this story, David. In 1980, Joe Ely hosted a Tornado Jam. Uh, it was uh, it would have been ACL Austin City Limits Festival way ahead of its time, and it happened in '80 and '81 and '82, and it grew exponentially. In fact, in '82, Linda Ronstadt was here. She had the number one record in the land. She was she was here. Uh, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts were here. Uh, the Mange Brothers played. Uh, it got a little out of hand. We had a lot of rain that week. We they tore up the park a bit. Um, that was sort of the end of uh, the Tornado Jam, and maybe we can bring the Tornado Jam back. I think it would be great to uh, really embrace that, that music heritage.
Your next song, very famous one from somebody of my generation as well, Jimmy Buffett, and A Pirate Looks at 40. And that's a song about somebody who had a sort of a self-image of them being sort of a rebel and a rogue. And, yeah. and then they realize that they're getting to a point in their life, you know, they have family commitments, they've got a job, right. and right. can they really, you know, pull off the right. the outsider, outlaw image, right? Right, yeah, I think... Uh it was like off an early album, as you probably know, off A1A, which is probably his most famous album. And uh, yeah, it uh, just talks about how uh, he realizes that the job he's best suited for doesn't really exist. And it's, it's I think it's very um, supposedly being taught. It's a story that, that Jimmy's telling about a, a guy he knew in Key West. But I think in some ways it could even be a little autobiographical about him and that there's really no job that no normal kind of job that fit him so he's remained a beach bum now for successfully for 40 years plus but can he continue i think so yeah i think he can yeah i i, I uh, he's got a good gig i mean why, why would you tell me he's headed to I think headed to paris this i think later this month i think for his uh, that's right for his uh, september paris show right. so yeah let me ask you we we have a, a listenership that obviously includes faculty and right. students right. and and i know you talk to students a, I do. a, a lot and yes. you're, of course you're a tech grad and and uh you you were actually in this building because we have the the former business building so you, you probably very well remember a couple of classrooms here a lot of them yes um, i asked the business dean for your records there's yeah. uh, we'll be going through your grades yeah. uh, pretty, uh, at the end of the show you know? um, dean stem sealed those records a long time okay. ago thank goodness yes well we've got uh, some uh, journalists here so maybe free you know free, okay yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, open record when you're requests. talking to students and of course nowadays we're dealing with a very different demands of students parents quite right i mean for about 50 years since world war ii we were able to say we're college College is just great. Give us your money and your daughter, and we'll take care of everything. And and basically, America said, that's great. Thank you. Here's my daughter. Here's my money. Really, since the 2008 recession, we've been asked some very, very tough questions that we've never had to answer before. What is the exact value right. of a particular degree, of a major, of college itself? Uh, what am, What is my daughter learning that she's going to use later? Where is she going to go after this degree? And so we've worked very hard at Texas Tech, and I think all over the country people are struggling to answer those questions. And one of the things I'm very proud of about tech is, you know, there's a national employer survey mm-hmm. where they ask which graduates of what university they're, they're most in. Texas Tech was in the top 20. We're also in the top 20 for least student debt. I'm, I think that's something we should be very, very proud of. As you know now, student debt is higher than credit card debt. It's a, it's a terrible uh, yeah. national tragedy. So right. people care a lot about value. What's the advice that you give young people like our college students when they're sort of deciding what will be good for them, not just for the job after graduation, but for like a lifelong career? And you're somebody who has reinvented themselves for four or five careers, right. all successful at each one. Yeah, well, first of all, I have two college-aged children, so I get to practice this a little bit. It's interesting your comments about value. It's, uh, I think it's only appropriate that higher ed have to answer those questions. I think the advice I would give um, students entering or getting closer, more maybe more importantly, as you get closer to the real world, is is um, get get the kind of degree that um, exposes you to a uh, to a, a lot of different. Um, parts of, of education. I, I always uh, hired, I 
I found a lot of success hiring salespeople who had fine arts degrees, excuse me, or, or liberal arts or fine arts degrees, people who could express themselves. Sometimes that was uh, strong communication skills. Strong, you got it. And if it's appropriate that we're here, but I think it's the written word. It's the ability. And by the way, national surveys, in fact, we just, Texas Tech helped do a survey in Dallas, Fort Worth, Waco. Top five skills listed by all employers, and I'm talking about pipeline companies and airlines. Three of them were communication That's skills, good. so I, I don't mind plugging that. No, I, I think it's you know it's the ability to to listen. I think it's the ability to write. I think that's a, a lost art. And sometimes today, writing is a is a six or eight line email. But I still believe you need to be able to to communicate a key point. Um, I think uh, the the create the, the creative skills that you learn in in uh, the you know fine arts. Com- you know, communications, liberal arts. Um, I think those are very valuable in the workplace. I mean, because I, in fact, I just left a meeting this morning where we were talking about some culture work and, and how we at Covenant, how we embrace change and how we try to make sure that all of our employees understand that uh, you can your your world can change, uh, your 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 work world can change with without. Um, your fundamentals, the, the things, your principles, your values changing. And, and so I, my advice to, to students would be spread your wings from an education standpoint. There's some value to getting um, a, a broad-based kind of education. Uh, and then stick your toe in. And, and for that first job, give it 18 months at least. Uh, really go all in. And, and I see too much of this six and nine month kind of hopping around and give it that, give it that period of time for you to, to see all four seasons and to understand uh, how that, how it works, because generally uh, businesses have, have cycles. And, but then I would, would suggest that uh, don't be afraid to make, afraid to make a change. And I would say chase your dreams. I really believe that, you know, when you're 21, 22, 23, and you get a chance to, to take that flyer and um, spend a summer in Europe backpacking, or you get a chance to uh, to go to work at, at, at internationally, maybe. A, I was talking to a young man recently who interned this summer in Mexico City and just how it opened his eyes. Um, uh, that, that's the advice I would give. Um, don't, don't follow, not necessarily a traditional path. Uh, I, would, I would suggest um, uh, stretching yourself a little bit. Mother, mother ocean I have heard you call Wanted to sail upon your waters Since I was three feet tall You've seen it all You've seen it all Watch the man who rode you Switch from sails to steam And in your belly you hold the treasures You have ever seen Most of them dream Most of them dream Yes, I am a pirate, 200 years too late. The cannons don't thunder, there's nothing to plunder. I'm an over 40 victim of fate, arriving too late, arriving too late. I've done a bit of smuggling. I've run my share of grass I made enough money 
money to buy Miami But I pissed it away so fast Never meant to last Never meant to last Just a few friends Just a few Your next song is one that is on my list, too. Uh, I played this song a lot to uh, hopefully to inspire my teenage years. Um, didn't always turn out that way. Th- this was one of those songs, like, my mother didn't like this song because she thought it was vaguely un- unrespectable, uh, that, you know, it was about sex, basically. But I-, I-, I kept insisting to her, no, it's about a guy who's, like, you know, doing these secret things, but we don't know what they are. Yeah, Night Moves by yeah. Bob Seger. I think it's about growing up. You know, that's what it reminds me of. I think it's, uh, you know, whether in his case, it written in, I think, 63 or whatever it was, yeah, yeah. it's what he talks about. That's not when it was written, but that's, he talks about this that summer. In my case, in the late 70s, I think it's about growing up. And I uh, had, a, had a chance to see Bob Seger last year in San Diego. I sort of checked a, checked one off my bucket list. We'd, I'd never seen him live. And, you know, it's, it's remarkable. He, he turned 70 last May. I guess he's 71 now, but some of the guys, when they get to that age, can't hit the notes anymore. And, and you could have closed your eyes and you could have, could have been seeing him in Detroit in, in, the, in the late 70s or early 80s. It was, it was really good. He wrote another song that's on my favorite list, which I sort of contractual issue, but the, uh, the soundtrack of a movie called Teachers, which was about teaching, uh-huh. Uh-huh. called Understanding, uh-huh. which is never... It's never in any of his collections, right. and I think there's some sort of I don't know what copyright is, issue or something. Like that. Yeah, yes, but it's yes. about that. He writes a lot about looking back. He does. And now you've had three or four careers, and now you're mayor. Tell us what you would tell your 18-year-old self, and I think this applies to our mm-hmm. students now. What, what life lessons are absolutely crucial that you wish your 18-year-old self had known earlier? Travel the world. 
get, get out and stretch yourself. Uh, I, I was um, in my late 30s before I, I mean, I'd been to Mexico, certainly, and to Puerto Rico and to the British Virgin Islands. But uh, my first trip to Europe was um, in my late 30s. And my wife loves to travel. And, and uh, once we could have sort of saved enough nickels to go. I, so that would be one thing I'd say is tra- travel the world, see the world, see how other people live. I think it allows you to really understand how great America is. And I'm a patriot, if nothing else. My, my other advice would be slow down. You don't have to move so fast. Try to take it all in. You know, read books the old-fashioned way. Uh, buy a hardcover book and, and read it and f- find some place that you can slow down and read the book, whether it be on the deck in the mountains or, you know, in your backyard or on the beach. I do believe that... Uh, particularly with the today's 18-year-olds, this idea of being in the moment and uh, not always trying to multitask is really important. I see that through my kids. It's this idea, can we have this Can we have this conversation? Can we look eye to eye and, and be in relationship? I talk a lot about you know, three words, I, and I, sh- I, I heard somebody say this a long time ago, so it's not original, but I talk about a lot about if you, if you have these three things, we can, we can be successful doing what? Preacher, teacher, business person. It's that idea of it's integrity. It's intelligence and it's energy. So if you're smart enough to do the job, or can I trust you and will you work hard at it? And, and if you give me those three things, we, we, can, we can go to work together and, and be successful. I was a little too tall, could have used a few pounds. Tight pants, points, hollering renown. She was a black-haired beauty with big dark eyes and points all her own, sudden way up high.
felt the lightning Now, your next song, another famous one, Willie Nelson, The Party's Over. We hope the party's never going to be over, right, in our yeah, lives. Yeah, no, but this, so this is, uh, so I'm a, I'm a big Willie Nelson fan. I, I've seen Willie, well, many, 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 many times. Um, this one, though, I picked this song out because it... Uh, it has sort of a you know double meaning. It was uh, he wrote this in the in the fifties and it was recorded by someone else before he recorded it. But most of us know this song because it was what Dandy Don Meredith, another another Texan, sang in the fourth quarter of uh, Monday Night Football games when we were kids growing up or when we were in college. And when the game was pretty much over, he would uh, he you know uh, hit those first couple chords of uh, the party's over. And so I'm a big sports fan and a and a big football fan and. Uh, and a big Willie fan, so it's. Uh, I like the the line, the song. It's that you know, turn out the lights, the party's over. You know, they say that all good things must end, but it goes on to say that tomorrow we'll do the same old thing again. And uh, it's a it's a good song. Turn out the lights, the party's over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The part is over And tomorrow starts the same old thing again What a crazy, crazy party Never seen so many people Laughing, dancing Look at you, you're having fun But look at me, I'm almost crying but that don't keep her love from dying Misery, cause for me the part is over Turn out the lights The part is over They say that all good things must end Call it a night The part is over Tomorrow starts the same old thing again. Your next song, I guess pretty much the, the same theme, very famous, Buddy Holly, Not Fade Away, yeah. about the wistfulness, about whether what you do in life lives on after you, whether you've had a positive effect on people, they'll remember what you've done. Yeah, and I think in this case, the answer is a resounding yes, uh, particularly for Buddy Holly. This was recorded in 57. You know, he died, what, eight, some 18 months later. This is, uh, there's some argument about whether or not this is the last song he played the night before he uh, got on that ill-fated plane fly. But we celebrate his 80th birthday this week. He was born, I think, tomorrow. I think it's his 80th birthday. And, you know, the Stones played this song when they played at Zilker Park in Austin outside. They, they play this song. It's been covered by uh, so many, many folks and and I to me this speaks not only to the to your point earlier but I, I think it speaks to the genius the creative genius of someone like uh, buddy Holly that the 1957 uh, in a world that was very very different than it is today you could write a song that would have um, as much appeal then or maybe even more appeal today than it did then I'm gonna tell you how it's gonna be Gonna give your love to me. Oh, 
my love and not fade away. Driving me back. Your love for me got to be real. For you to know just how I feel. A love for real, not fade away. song Vince Gill go rest high on that mountain that this is a little more inspirational here yeah it is it's uh um so when I lived in Nashville my uh, before moving to Lubbock my last stint with Xerox Corporation was in Nashville I got to know Vince I played golf with him a couple times and uh not know him but it was around him a couple times he's a good golfer and uh he wrote this he started writing this song after Keith Whitley died and and uh um, and then didn't finish it till the till the mid '90s, and I think after his brother died, and it was released. It was the it's a very inspirational song. Well, within the last several years, a friend of mine lost his father, and um, a couple of guys sang this at his at his uh, funeral. And uh, I think this will be on my uh, playlist for my funeral. It's just uh, it's uh, I get sort of choked up thinking about it. It's just got a, you could look at it from a lot of different perspectives, uh, maybe from a Judeo Christian kind of belief perspective, or certainly you don't have to look at it like that, but it's a really good song. I know your life on earth was troubled. Only you could know the pain. You weren't afraid to face the devil. You no stranger to the rain. So go rest high on that mountain. Sun, your work on earth is done. Go to Gather 
great degree Wish I could see angels' faces When they hear your sweet voice You're going to serve as mayor when two years from now, when either you want to step down or you run for re-election as mayor, what are your goals for the next two years where you'd like to say, this is what I've done? I think um, that's a great question. It's not the first time I've been, I've been asked that. I think it's back, number one, to the perception of our community. I'd like to help change that perception. And we need to start internally first before we work on it externally. But I want people to recognize what a great place this is to live and work and play. I think if we could, if we could make progress on, on, uh, on that front, then we, we could call it a success. I mean, certainly there are other things that we want to do. We want to, um, we want to promote job growth. We want to try to keep more of our bright young kids in Lubbock, Texas. We want millennials would look at Lubbock and say, hey, it's a place that I'd like to not only go to school, but, but work. That would be one of the things we'd, we'd want to talk about. I think we want to, uh, I would hope that people would say that they make good long-term decisions, that they didn't just make decisions that look good in 60 days, that they would be the kind of decisions that uh, in the future we would feel very good about. And uh, uh, that, that's hard to do when you're elected to something for 24 months to make, to make long-term decisions. Do you think in, in terms of any particular civic projects that in mind, is there anything that you're trying to move forward well, right now, um, a lot of construction, obviously going yeah, on. Yeah, sure, over a lot, lot, a lot of infrastructure projects. But we're finishing the budget this week, so by the time this airs, will be that'll be behind us. But uh, we're hiring a city manager, which is uh, sort of job job one A, I guess. After the budget, our, our city manager is retiring at the end of the year. So our city manager is the CEO in our former government. It's a strong city manager, former government. So he or she runs the runs the city and uh, it's a big job 2300 employees uh, it's a wide array of uh, services everything from an airport to a, a, a public utility a, a, a city utility that we own LPNL in our case so we're, we're working on that right now it's a big project the third thing probably is uh, we're remodeling a, a large high-rise downtown which will allow us to consolidate all of our our city functions and in, in, including LPNL in, in one building uh, we think it not only can it help be a catalyst for for downtown redevelopment, but more importantly, it's it allows to serve citizens better. Put our all of our different uh, departments in one location, working on parking to make sure it's very citizen friendly. That will start late first quarter, early second quarter of, of 2017. So that's a that's a biggie for us right now. And then we've got some other infrastructure kind of projects. We've got some some more work. We're still we're trying to finish up our work on stormwater drainage, which is a, a big one. A little bit of water work still. We were in, you know, we're we're in great shape from a water supply standpoint, but you, you can't sleep on that one. So we've we've uh, we still have a little bit of work work to do there. But um, those are the big things we're working on right now. I grew up mostly in Philadelphia, where there was not a real good uh, civic mindedness or accountability. I mean, it was it was a big northeastern city with all the 
disastrous problems you, you might imagine there, including, I think, a lot of incompetence. <laughs> but here in West Texas, there's more of a sense of like somebody's responsible, like, and, and they're, they're right there. I mean, you can, you can call somebody. I mean, somebody knows you. You've been around town most of your life. So somebody knows, well, I'm going to call the mayor <laughs> who I've met before, okay. right? They're not some distant, you know, 43 uh, staff people between you and, right. and somebody. In fact, the next song, uh, Joe Ely, um, West Texas Waltz, I think that, that that speaks to this. It seems to me that in city government, and I think West, this is the West Texas Waltz, no matter how sophisticated, I mean, even if you have an app tomorrow for water, a West Texas heritage is always, I need to speak to somebody in responsibility and get an answer, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's our way. We do we do business face to face. We do it man to man, and and uh, yeah, I think it's exactly the way we're put together. That must make it hard to be a mayor, though, because somebody wants to talk to you personally about a lot of things. Right? Yeah, well, people are reasonable, though, in that regard. They they realize that when they call my office, there's often someone who can get their problem solved quicker than I can. They just want somebody to respond. And, and there are one folks that say, I, I really want to talk to the mayor, and I have a list. And as I as time allows, I pick up the phone and try to try to call, try to try to return those phone calls. Did you talk personally to the Chinese restaurant guy? Uh, no, he didn't ever ask for a phone call. Okay. So yeah, that go, that's gone away. So. Um, Joe Ely, one of our one of our own, you know, yeah. went to, grew up right here and right, you know, went to our schools and uh, um, West Texas Waltz is sort of a whimsical kind of uh, song that's uh, uh, with a bunch of verses that uh, he'll even change them as he's playing. Maybe if you see him live, he might might get a different verse that you've never heard before. But uh, we'll honor uh, we'll honor the uh, the Flatlanders, who he's a member of the Flatlanders. We'll honor uh, them, I guess, uh, later this uh, later this month as we put them as as a group uh, into the our music hall of fame in Lubbock, and we've we've honored all of them individually. But we'll put the Flatlanders in and uh, later this month. When you're ready for step, to go dancing, romancing, grab your sweetheart and jump in your car. Drive right on down to the bright side of town. You'll be glad you don't have to drive far. You'll be happy you don't have to go far. Park your pickups and Cadillacs and Fords and Renaults. Get out and dance like the Dickens to the West Texas walls. My pickup needs a tune-up. I better get up and make up my mind to get on it today. The tractor's been acting up and sewer lines are backing up, but I'll be dancing tonight anyway. I'll be dancing tonight anyway. Stop your other riders just by dancing away your blues. 
just by dancing away Now, your next song is probably the most popular one in this show. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> it probably is. The famous religious song, um, Amazing Grace, and done by probably 100 artists. Yeah. And you didn't you said no particular artist, but yeah. we could pick anyone. Sure. Yeah, there's so many there's so many have done it so well. And I always ask our guests, because again, I think about 10 of them have listed this song. What is special about Amazing Grace to you? Well, to me, it's uh, I'm, I'm a Christian and unabashedly a Christian, and and I'm a Methodist. And uh, one of you know John Wesley's John Wesley was a big believer in God's grace and the grace that we saw exhibited by Jesus Christ. And you know that we're all fallen and we all make mistakes, but the fact that uh, that grace exists, I think, is 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 important. And then when you know more about this song, you understand who wrote it and when it was written and the background of the the guy who wrote it. It makes it even more valuable. But even at, at face value. It speaks to me, and um, I'm probably guilty of sometimes not being as deep as others. But you can you can you can have as much deep depth as you'd like with Amazing Grace. You know, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. It's a song about redemption as well, because right. uh, no matter what you've done, that you can try to come back. That's right. Saved a wretch like me. I mean, you think yeah. about a slave, a former slave trader who wrote the song and and his his perspective. So in the last verse, you know, when, you know, when we've been. Here, ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun. I mean, just it's a it's a fabulous song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Now, your last song, and I think it's very appropriate, although we can certainly talk as long as you uh, wish, Al Green, Let's Stay Together. And again, something that just seems to be part of West Texas is the idea that we are one community. Partly, it's the isolation. I, I always tell people that Lubbock is just like Hawaii. You know, we're six hours away from <laughs> so true. other yeah. major land masses. Yes. But because we're sort of on our own here... 
I mean, there's obviously a lot of supportive outlying communities, and and I'm impressed by how many kids come here from Plano and from Roswell. You know, we we're a hub of many things, including you work for Covenant. We're a medical hub. Yes, I always tell sure. prospective faculty members, Lubbock is a great town to get sick in, right? Because exactly we, right. we've got fabulous a lot medical of, care. Yeah. Yes. Is there just something about that? Well. You can't go somewhere else to get help, so you take care of each other more than, say, a, a much larger, diffuse community. My experience being Philadelphia, and but I'm sure Dallas and Phoenix would be the same. Yeah, I, I think um, I think the whole idea of let's stay together is it's um, it's it is about relationships, and it, whether it's a male female or um, within a in a business or in higher ed or even at, at, a, at a community level, it's this idea that we, we've got to work together. We're working, and you, you may be aware, but we we had our first community community forum last week, and and with the idea of of teeing it up and letting our citizens talk about their concerns about specifically about police and police violence or race relations or really what was on their mind and we had fabulous turnout and uh, the police chief in particular was on the hot sort of on the hot seat and had got to be asked a lot of difficult questions and I got a couple of them but we were in communication and it's this idea that if we're going to be different we're not all the same thank goodness but we 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 have values that are are similar we have there's more in common than that's not in common and I think um, you know I, I gotta admit that when I when I first put the song in here I, I wasn't thinking about it um, at a community level, and as I was reflecting on this last night, I had the same thought you did. And in many ways, the, the Al Green song, this "Let's Stay Together," to me, R and B music, which I find so uh, so beautiful and so uh, you know soothing. And um, but but it is about relationships, and um, that's uh, that's what being in community is about. It is about relationships, and it's uh, that doesn't mean we don't disagree, but there needs to be some civility to how we. We work together, and and so we can be disagreeable without being um, yelling and screaming. I think as a, as a society, and unfortunately, we don't have to look very far in our country to 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 see examples of a society that's not particularly civil at times. And that's just not that that is not unequivocally not the way this country was founded, or the the men and women that that were protesting. Remember, they were they were protesting when they came here uh, to form this country, and and but they were civil people, and uh, whether they be printers or preachers or farmers, they were they were civil people, and and we we owe it to our neighbors, uh, to the people who live across the town, whomever, and whether it's our community, our state, or our country, to communicate and to uh, to be in relationship. Let, let's stay together. That's a very uh, crucial thought, you know, and we try to provide for our students because we, we, we think we're training them for careers, but we're also training them to be citizens of the republic, contributing citizens of the republic. And one of the, the points that I, I think we try to make in some of our history classes as well is that uh, when we had our revolution in the United States, it was almost unique in human history in being a revolution that didn't begat another revolution and another revolution and another revolution. Right. There was a remarkable lack of violence after the actual fighting was over as opposed to Europe where it seemed whoever seized power five years later, somebody else would be seizing power. In fact, Alexis de Tocqueville, you know, who came to the United sure. States in the 1830s, about right. the time you were, yeah, that's right. your, your folks were coming here, that he said there was something, the Americans were just different. They found that, it fascinating. Yeah, yes. that they would have these squabble political arguments and screaming at each other about politics, and then there would be an election and everyone would go home. They yeah. wouldn't 
you know, assassinate each other and, and try to seize the, the government. Yeah. And that lack of political violence in the early days after the revolution was sort of startling to uh, Europeans who were up. And it's, it's very uh, frightening that when people stop talking to each other and stop stop thinking that the other person has anything useful to say or they, they even want to hear what the other person says because that's a road that other countries have gone to great disaster and we have maybe a thousand examples of that. I was in a conversation this weekend where we were talking about peaceful transfer of power and yeah. you know there's been a lot of books written about uh, the Washington George Washington's pres- presidency but particularly the, the transfer of power and you know we'll do that again for the 44th time. In January, that's unique, and uh, that that we we can we we, we as, a, as a country can do that, and then we don't need to take that for granted. It's it's uh, it's too much about who we are and why we're where we are and why we've we've had a uh, two hundred and forty year run of, of of success as a country. And it all begins with the mayor, right? Because that you're on the front line of civic culture, because that literally means the civis, the polis, the the, the city, and people coming to a forum, talking about something as potentially incendiary a topic as, as police and, right. and, and community relations, and them feeling that, okay, my opinion has been heard, and we're trying to work together for a solution. That's right. It, it, I don't know if it's all about the mayor, but I do think it starts at the at this level, and, and uh, it's important that we do it the right way. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Mayor Pope, for taking time out of what to be a nonstop schedule. Uh, deeply appreciative. So, you have committed to the Chinese restaurant? Is that, is that? <laughs> we're working on it. Okay. Well, thank you for your time, and let's go out on the sounds of Al Green singing, Let's Stay Together. Just came to see 